outstanding ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go beyond the bell. He's simply ravishing. Welcome everyone to another edition of that Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the world by storm. Yes, it's once again time for Beyond the Bell, powered by the SNS Radio Network. And I'm your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman. This is where we turn back the clock to rewind and relive all things classic and retro in wrestling. This week, we open up our Superstar Spotlight series as we look back at the greatest superstars and legends to ever step foot inside the squared circle. And tonight, we look back and relive the career of ravishing Rick Rude. Hi there, fellas. Remember me? If you don't, just go into the kitchen, get your old lady out, and she'll tell you who I am. She'll tell you I'm the sexiest man alive, ravishing Rick Rude. And how do I know this? Not just because your old lady tells me this, but because I put the ultimate warrior to shame in the super pose down. And it won't be long before you see the sexiest man alive with a title belt around his sexy waist. And as for you ladies wondering about the Rude Awakening, I have raised my standards. I now come to town with a pair of size 5 Calvin Klein and a 36 double D. And if you don't fit the mold, don't dream of the rude awakening. Rick Rude made a huge splash in the mid to late 80s, especially in the World Wrestling Federation. He exhibited a cockiness that is yet to be equaled. A body that women loved and was a heel in its truest form. His before match speeches are famous and can be quoted almost verbatim by most true wrestling fans. Cut the music. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, out of shape, you, you get the drift, sewer city, sweat hogs, you know the rest. And for several years in the late 80s, so did every other wrestling fan. From his early days in Memphis to his final days in WCW, Rick Rude made an impact on wrestling, and though he died way too early, his work can live on via DVD, the internet, and the minds of wrestling fans. Rick Rude grew up in Minnesota and was a huge fan of Vern Gagne and Larry the Axe Henning. Born Richard Rude, R-O-O-D, he earned a physical education degree from a nearby junior college, but life was to take him in a totally different direction. As a national arm wrestling champion and later bouncer, Rude was seen by trainer Eddie Sharkey. Sharkey, who also trained the Road Warriors, liked what he saw in Rude and worked with him to become a pro wrestler. His debut match was in 1983 for a promotion in Vancouver, British Columbia. 
After spending some time wrestling in smaller promotions, such as Georgia Championship Wrestling and the Mid-South, Rude hit the big time by appearing in the Memphis region. I hear it. I don't know. Yeah, you recognize the music because identified with a fabulous one. But who walks out but Jimmy Hart with his newest member of the first family, sensational Rick Rude. this man's body look at these 20 inch arms look at these right here baby 20 inches look at this look at the 50 inch chest you can't these people can't even upset me by saying hard as a whip i'm not gonna pay any attention to you today baby look fan mail from all over this area baby even from japan we even got a little japan here man it's coming all in for rick rude he is the best looking man in professional wrestling you know starting today we're gonna start calling him the clark gable of professional wrestling rick rude and don't forget about the lovely vivacious angel but this is the superstar of the future baby look at the body can you even get this body on the screen now i'm gonna take this man to the ring and show you exactly what we're fixing to do baby Jimmy, what I know think, I right? have all the Come confidence on, in the world that you will do something. We're going to stir things up a little bit. There's no question about it. Rude, in fact, does have tremendous muscular development. Uh, I don't think he is exactly the answer to all of our problems in the world, the way Jimmy Hart would make it sound, Dave. Eh? No, I think you're right. But, uh... Managed by Jimmy Hart and part of the Hart's first family, Rude got caught up in a feud with Austin Idol. In January of 1984, Rude and partner Terry Gibbs entered an NAWA tag team tournament. They were defeated in the third round by the PYTs, Norville Austin and Coco Beware, the Pretty Young Fangs. On June 11, 1984, Rude beat Jerry Lawler for the AWA Southern Heavyweight title. He held it for a little over a month before losing it to Tommy Rich in July. Finally, in October of 1984, he won the AWA Southern Tag Team titles with partner King Kong Bundy as he defeated the Fabulous Ones in a Tag Team Tournament Final. They held the titles for just 14 days before losing them back to the Fabulous Ones. Hart blamed Rude for the loss and kicked him out of the first family. This spurred a feud between Rude and former partner Bundy. By January of 1985, Rude had moved over to the Florida region. This time, he was managed by Percy Pringle, who would later manage Rude in the world-class region. On January 16th of 1985, Rick Rude became the NWA Southern Heavyweight Champion, the Florida version, by beating Pistol Pez Watley. Rude lost the belt to Brian Blair three months later on April 10th. Then turned around six days later and won the U.S. Tag Team titles, the Florida version, of course, with partner Jesse Barr. They defeated Jay and Mark Youngblood. Rude and Barr lost the belts to the team of Wahoo McDaniel and Billy Jack Haynes the following month. Two months later, Hercules Hernandez was stripped of the Southern Heavyweight belt for a dressing room fight with Wahoo McDaniel. A tournament was set up on July 5th. Rude beat Mike Graham in the tournament final to become a two-time NWA Southern Heavyweight Champion. He held it for a few months before losing the belt to Wahoo McDaniel in October. Rude was a participant in the first Battle of the Belts on September 2nd, when he and Billy Jack Haynes fought to a double disqualification against the Road Warriors. 
man did arrive uh, at Tampa International Airport not too terribly long ago, and we have a uh, videotape of his arrival at the airport, not quite in the style, apparently, that the boss man is accustomed to. Uh, let's go now, then, by uh, videotape to uh, Tampa International Airport and the arrival of the boss man. from the boss man a little bit later on. He is here and will be arriving uh, uh, here at the program at uh, some later time, so uh, be watching for that. And we'll be back with more action right after we pause for these words. Championship Wrestling returns to Fort Lauderdale in the Sunrise Musical Theater this coming Wednesday night, January 23rd. Now, Wednesday night, January 30th, Championship Wrestling does return to Miami Beach in the Miami Beach Convention Center. That's Wednesday night, the 30th. A great, great night of wrestling competition. A steel cage match, Hacksaw Butch Reed returns, and a host of other favorites. So make your plans to attend the convention center on the 30th. Now then, this coming Wednesday night in Fort Lauderdale at the Sunrise Musical Theater, in a six-man Texas Tornado match with all six men in the ring at the same time, 
It'll be Dirty Dutch Mantell and the Freebirds, Michael Hayes and Buddy Roberts, against Crusher, Khrushchev, Big Jim Neidhart, and the Saint. In an I Quit match, it will be Mr. B, Brian Blair, against Jesse Barr. Sweet Brown Sugar and Pistol Pez Watley take on the Pretty Young Things. There will be three other matches, including Scott McGee going up against Ravishing Rick Rude. Pistol Pez Watley and Sweet Brown Sugar are with me. Gentlemen, the boss man will be there that night. And we're looking forward to it. But you know what the main thing is? We got to wrestle none other than the PYT. They call themselves the Pretty One Young Things. Well, I'm going to tell you. When you get into that squared circle, baby, it ain't pretty how pretty you are. It ain't what else you are. It ain't even the boss, man. It's whether you can get down nasty. And I'm going to tell you what, you're looking at the nastiest one to be on the get down. And when you get in there, you're going to find out the sweet man, me and Sugar, take care of business every day. I know that's right. I just got a little brief message from Mr. Pringle. Pringle. Can you imagine having a last name like Pringle? Well, let me tell you something, you little kinky, dingy, little something other you. You look like a pencil pusher that's never had to do anything in your life but eat off your mama's table. But when you come to Sunshine's mu Musical Theater in Fort Lauderdale, you gonna eat off my table. And I ain't feeding nothing but you know what and bubble gum, and I'm fresh out of gum. If I can, for just a moment, talk to the former Florida heavyweight champion, Jesse Barr. And he has joined us here at the desk, Mr. Barr. Uh... Yeah, you know, Gordon, I have a few things to say. Since Jesse Barr came to the state of Florida, I've taken over everything, you know. I became the Florida heavyweight champion, and now the whole Florida state uh, wrestlers, promoters, and everything are trying to keep my belt from me, you know. Everybody's been coming down here in teams or in dynasties, and everybody's got somebody else. You know, Jesse Barr's got friends too, you know. You know, I got Rick Flair, that's one of my greatest friends, but he can't be here all the time because he has to defend his world title all over the world. But let me tell you about a man here that has asked me to, to help him come in here because there's somebody that he wants. And I'll show you this man. Do you know this man here? Wild Bill Irwin. I do indeed. Uh, very, you might want to show the people. Uh, show associate of myself. Take a good look at this man right here. You see this? He said he wants to settle an old score with Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel calls himself the master of the bullwhip. Well, this guy here is the king. <laughs> Let me tell you that. And when he comes out here with his bullwhip, when he comes out here with his bullwhip, the first thing he's going to do is he's going to kick that Dutch Mantel's butt all over the state of Florida. Well, just a second. Uh... Hey, I heard you, buddy. You mentioned my name. You talking about me? I figured you're talking about me, Barr. You talk to my face. Don't talk behind my face. See this right here? Yeah, I see. I'm just huh? giving you fair warning. Uh, get out of my face, Barr. Uh-oh. Gentlemen, not here at the desk, please. You're talking to me, buddy. I'm just giving you fair Well, you give me fair one. I don't need none of your whip. Yeah, okay, my day's numbered. Okay. I got fair warning, Bar. That's all I need, buddy. And I'll handle you later, Bar. Who's this guy looking for me? Wild Bill Irwin. That's fine with me, baby. Because I like people to look for me because I am not hard to find, Jack. Well, that is a natural fact. He is not hard to find, and, uh... When and if Mr. Irwin decides to come here, Dutch Mantel will be waiting for him, that's for sure. We'll be right back.
almost immediately after losing the Southern Heavyweight Belt, Rude, along with manager Pringle, left the Florida area and headed straight for world-class championship wrestling in Texas. Within days of his entry into the region, Rude beat Iceman King Parsons for the American Heavyweight title on November 4th of 1985. It was during this time that WCCW seceded from the NWA. It was decided that Rude's American title would now serve as World Class's world title, with Rude having the honor of being the first WCWA World Heavyweight Champion, crowned as such on February 2nd of 1986. He lost the belt five months later, his longest title reign to date, to Gentleman Chris Adams at the Independence Day Star Wars card. Rude fired Pringle as his manager at this point due to Pringle's repeated interference in this and other matches. During Rude's world title reign, he also managed to win the world-class TV belt when he defeated Lance Von Erich in May of 1986. Rude ran into the wild Bruiser Brody on May 4th as they fought at the third annual David Von Erich Parade of Champions. Rude won the match by disqualification. However, Brody got his revenge when eight days later he beat Rude for the world-class TV title. Rude feuded with the Von Erichs, and of course what he'll didn't in WCCW, and for the first time he came upon a man who would later help him get him huge heat in the World Wrestling Federation. Jim Helwig, known in world class as the Dingo Warrior. He would eventually cross paths with Rude in the WWF when the two became engaged in a feud. This time, however, Helwig would be going by the Ultimate Warrior. While in the world-class area, Rude was part of some other large cards. He won the vacant WCCW Tag Team titles at the Labor Day Star Wars event in September of 1986. Rude pulled double duty and became a double loser on this card, and he fought and lost once more by disqualification to Chris Adams for the WCWA Heavyweight title. Towards the end of 86, Rude made the move over to Jim Crockett Promotions and the NWA. This is where he was managed by Paul Jones. Rude fought his old Florida foe, Wahoo McDaniel, in an Indian strap match at Starcade 86 in November of that year. The following month, Rude and Manny Fernandez defeated the Rock and Roll Express to become the new NWA World Tag Team Champions. In April of 1987, Rude and Fernandez entered the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup of 87, which was an annual, annual tag team tournament that promised the winning team $1 million. They earned a bye in the first round, defeating the Thunderfoots in the second, and lost to the team of Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff in the third. While still one of the tag team champions, Rude was injured, and Ivan Koloff was allowed to take his place as tag champ. When the Rock and Roll Express beat Fernandez and Koloff in May of 87, it was Rude and Fernandez who went down in the official record books as being the losers, even though Rude wasn't involved in the match at all. By mid-late 87, Rude was ready to enter the World Wrestling Federation. Under the management of Bobby, the Brain Heenan, 
Brood quickly became one of the prominent heels in the promotion, notching his natural cockiness up 100% and going by the ravishing one, Brood would come out to the ring with great fanfare. As he stepped to the center, he'd say, cut the music, and launch into the diatribe up above and remove his robe, flexing for all to see. You think she don't want to get her hands on that man? Cut the music. She's looking for a rude awakening. What I'd like to have right now is for all you high-rolling Atlantic City sweat hogs. <laughs> Keep the noise down while I take my robe off and give the ladies a good look at the sexiest man alive. Hit the music. Rude's first major feud was with Jake the Snake Roberts. It all started out normally, with Rude doing his pre-match strip tease and flexing. He spotted a woman in the crowd, who ended up being the wife of Jake the Snake. Rube propositioned her in his lewdest manner, of course. The snake, of course, took offense as well. Here we go. It's the lucky time. Oh, it's that time again. Oh, yeah. We're going to give some young lady the thrill of her lifetime. I'm going to give some young lady a rude awakening. Who will it be, Bobby? Well, you see anything over here you like? Oh, uh, nothing over here. You know, it's kind of like shopping at the supermarket for rude, you know? Going shopping in Cape Girardeau, huh? Yeah. Not you, buddy. <laughs> What'd he say? He said, not you, buddy. Some guy wanted a rude awakening. Nah, we're lucky on this side. That character Patterson's not in the building, is he? There she is, Bobby. Well, they're chosen All double. on deck, down in white. This is demeaning myself. I mean, sweetheart, I know you might be a little intimidated by the sexiest man alive, but you know, and I know, that you're here for the same reason all these other ladies are here, and that is to see ravishing Rick Rude. Am I right? Rick Rude, 
Sweetheart, I can understand you're a little bit intimidated right now. So I'm going to make it real easy for you. Tell me, is Ravishing Rick Rude the sexiest man in the WWF?
Rude continued to ride Jake about his wife, taunting her at ringside, wearing tights with her face on them. An instant and classic feud was born. This one is definitely a perfect fit for the famous feud series. See, you're going to remember this because Cheryl Roberts was at ringside. She had watched her husband, Jake, wrestle earlier on. But then from there, Ravishing Rick Rude came out to wrestle. And he chose Cheryl to be a part of the Rude Awakening. She wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. Look at that! Yeah, look at that. She initiates the violence against Ravishing Rick Rude. You know, I think she's the Robin Gibbons of wrestling, McMahon. She is being publicly humiliated. And there, Jake Disney coming to the rescue. Oh, he came to the rescue, all right. Looks like a drunken Marine. Well, Ravishing Rick Rude didn't stop there. He began then adding insult to injury. He began wearing those long tights with the likeness of Cheryl Roberts on them. And that incensed Jake. Standing right here, Rude, waiting for you, man. Waiting for you to wear those tights just one more time. Same place, man. Every weekend we'll be keeping an eye out for you. And if you ever so much as slip those tights on again, my man, I'm going to take them off of you. Well, indeed, Rick Rude wore the tights again. And true to his word, Jake the Snake Roberts came down the ringside to do something about it. Take a look at this. Yeah, take a look at this, McMahon. Jake the Snake, like the snake he is, attacks Ravishing Rick Rude from behind. That's the only way he got the advantage. Oh, and then oh, look at this embarrassment right here. The embarrassment that Jake makes Ravishing Rick Rude suffer in front of that huge audience there. He asked for it, Jesse. He asked for every bit of it. Bobby Heaton has to come to the rescue to distract Jake to allow Rude to get out of the ring. And then Bobby has to make a fast exit. And so tonight, the issue will be decided inside the square circle. Standing by right now, Mean Gene Oakland, Ravishing Rick Rude, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Mean Gene. Once his set of matches with Jake concluded, it was determined to give Rude the Intercontinental Championship. The stage was set for WrestleMania V. And on April 2nd, 1989, Rick Rude beat the Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Intercontinental title. You know, when you think about the list of the greatest Intercontinental champions, you have to include the likes of a Pat Patterson, the likes of uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. You're going to have to include the Honky Tonk Man, who referred to himself, and I even said, the greatest Intercontinental champion ever. But now, you look at this man, Ravishing Rick Rude. Nah, you're all going to have to take a back seat. Exactly, Bobby. A champion is judged by the challengers he beats. And the ultimate warrior had never been beaten until he stepped in the ring with the sexiest man alive. Ravishing Rick Rude is truly the ultimate intercontinental champion. And I'm going to stay that way for an awful long time. Long time. The two crisscrossed the country fighting over the belt until it came to a head at SummerSlam 89. Okay, standing by now, Gene Okerlund with Ravishing Rick Rude and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Gentlemen, as you know, the Ultimate Warrior has promised that after his match with you tonight that he will once again wear the Intercontinental Championship belt. You've got to have some thoughts on that, Rick Rude. Well, little man, promises are made to be broken along with arms, legs, necks, and hearts. Tonight, in all the heat of SummerSlam, I will prove the warrior is nothing more than the ultimate liar and that I am the ultimate intercontinental champion. All right, Bobby Heenan, 
also made to be broken are rules. And if we have to, we will break those rules to keep this title. Now, when you made this promise to all your humanoids, all your little warriors out there with their ugly little mushes painted, big deal, tough. Because you lied them and you let them down because you're not going to capture this. But I'll tell you one thing you're going to do. You're going to be doing something different tomorrow. You're not going to have to paint your face because you're going to have a blue eye and a black eye, courtesy of the Intercontinental Champion. Here, the Warrior regained the IC belt on August 28th. Warrior went on to defeat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6, and it was Rude who was chosen to be one of his earliest challenges. The two were the main event at SummerSlam 90 in a steel cage match that saw the Ultimate Warrior come out on top. The Warrior wasn't known for having great or classic matches, but Ravishing Rick Rude, the Ravishing One, got a great match out of the Warrior. Standing by now, Bobby the Brain Heenan with a very determined Ravishing Rick Rude. Take a good look, Ultimate Warrior. This is the only man that has ever defeated you for a title. Buddy, your days are numbered. Ultimate Warrior, when we meet again, I will be an unstoppable force, an immobile object. And if you should be lucky enough to get me in a pin position, you too will be hoisted off just as easily as the 405 pounds on the bench press. Ultimate Warrior, I can read you like a book. I have beaten you before, and I will beat you again. Once more, Ultimate Warrior, I will take the title that you hold so dearly. Five more. How bad do you want it? One more. Ultimate Warrior can do two more. Can you do two more? Push it up! Come on! Come on! More! 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 One! Soon after SummerSlam 90, Rude and Vince McMahon had a falling out, and Rude left the World Wrestling Federation. He eventually signed with World Championship Wrestling. His debut was at Halloween Havoc 1991, as he came out in a hood, a mystery guest brought out by Paul E. Dangerously. Rude, wrestling as the Hollywood Phantom, defeated Tom Zink. He was unmasked and Dangerously announced that Rude would be the cornerstone of Dangerously's new Dangerous Alliance. Our first chance to sit down and talk with the man who is the longest reigning U.S. heavyweight champion in WCW history, Ravishing Rick Rude, along with the, the first lady of WCW, Medusa. One week ago, in a tag team match, scored what many people consider a very controversial win over world heavyweight champion Ron Simmons. Do you consider it a controversial win, Shivani? Well, in, in many respects, yes, I do. That's because you are just like all the low-life fans out there. Everything Ravishing Rick Rude does is controversial. But the bottom line is, I beat Ron Simmons with the Rude Awakening. One, two, three, right in the middle of the ring. Better a controversial victory than a clean-cut loss. Okay, fair enough. So now, you and Ron Simmons head up Starcade 92, Monday, December 28th, for the World Heavyweight title. You are the number one contender being U.S. Heavyweight Champion. That's right, Shivani. And I have been the number one contender for over 365 miserable mornings. Four men have come to power in the WCW. Four men have sat on a throne. Four men have won the title, and four men have lost the title while Ravishing Rick Rude has sat idle as the number one contender. Ron Simmons, his name was drawn out of a hat. It certainly was in Baltimore back on August 2nd. As you approach the match with Ron Simmons, world heavyweight champion, you have to realize here's a guy, maybe the greatest 
physical specimen in WCW. How do you attack an athlete like Ron Simmons? In other words, what's your strategy going into Sarcade? That would have been a tough question a week ago, Shivani, because when you analyze Ron Simmons, you have to look at his past opponents and the strategies that he has taken to become world champion. You look at the man, and seemingly he has no physical weaknesses. That's right. Seemingly. But you see, that's where the homework comes in handy. Ducey ran into a doctor friend of Ron Simmons. She gave a favor, she got a favor. Show us what she got, Deuce. What, what is this? I have to be honest. I just what is this? You'll love it. What, what this is, Shivani, it's an x-ray of a badly damaged shoulder that Ron Simmons has been trying to hide from the public. Well, it's not secret anymore, Simmons. I know your weakness. I know your strength. And I know that Starcade 92, I will become the next WCW world champion by any means necessary. And one more thought. There's a man waiting in the wings who says I owe him a favor. Big Van Vader. You're right, Vader. You did me a favor. I owe you a favor. I'll give you a shot at the title. But it's not going to be my United States title. It'll be the world title. Root immediately went on to win the United States title the following month on November 11th. This began a feud with Sting and a healthy U.S. title reign that ended on January 1st of 1993. This was when an injury prevented Root from defending the belt, causing WSW to strip him of the title. Rude finally returned from his injury in the fall of 93 and went on to beat Ric Flair for what was formerly the NWA heavyweight title on September 19th of 1993. Rude accusing the referee of protecting the Nature Boys title. Outside again. Come on, Rude. Referee was 
talking to Fifi. I didn't see it. Hopefully we can't see it on a replay, but we got a new world champion as Fifi looks over Ric Flair. The title, now referred to as the WCW International Heavyweight title, was held by Rude until March 16, 1994. Recently at Fall Brawl, ravishing Rick Rude made wrestling history, defeating Ric Flair, winning the gold belt, and becoming the world heavyweight champion. Our thanks to ravishing Rick Rude for letting us in your home. Thanks a lot, Rick. Well, no problem, Tony. You know, that's one thing I think a world champion should do is leave his life open to the public. Anytime you want to come to my place, you're welcome, as long as you make a phone call in advance. And, and we appreciate that, but I want to talk about the World Heavyweight Championship. A lot of controversy. WCW now has made it known they recognize only one World Heavyweight Champion. They recognize Vader, the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. They don't recognize any other organization, any other alliance. And how do you feel about this? It's par for the course, Tony. From day one, the WCW has been against Ravishing Rick Rude because I beat their superstar. I took Sting down my first day in the organization. They stripped me of my United States title unrightfully due to a neck injury while Vader was injured for a longer period of time with the rib injury and they allowed him to retain his world title. WCW has obviously been against Rick Rude. But now, Vader as WCW champion is correct. WCW does have their world champion. And if you go to Japan, you'll find that they have their world champion also. Europe, Asia, Germany, all over the world, each country has their world champion. But Tony, when you opened this interview, what did you call me? The world heavyweight wrestling champion. This gold belt that I have in my lap, what does it say on it? It says World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion. It doesn't say WCW World Champion. It doesn't say Asian World Champion. No. It doesn't say German World Champion. No. It says World Heavyweight Champion. And everybody in the world knows that Ric Flair was the man. And to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And then fall brawl, I did beat the man. And you certainly looked the part. You looked quite ravishing, the World Heavyweight Champion, I must say. Let me ask you about Halloween Havoc. It's now been signed the return match. Ric Flair and Ravishing Rick Root. Unprecedented in WCW that they would ask for a rematch on the very next pay-per-view, but they have it signed for Halloween Havoc. Flair will be coming after you. Give me your thoughts about this match. As far as the way I won the, the previous match, Tony, and Ric Flair's 10 reigns as world heavyweight champion, I'm sure if we reviewed the tapes, we'd find a, a little controversy involved there, too. But Ric Flair said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. I did that. But he has another cliche. Being the man and staying the man are two different things. Halloween Havoc is my chance to prove that I'm going to stay the man from now till the end of time. Last year at Halloween Havoc, ravishing Rick Rude went after the gold belt. This year he has the gold belt, and our thanks to the world champion Rick Rude. Rude won the belt back on March 24th and then lost it for the final time almost a month later to Sting on April 17th. Rude fought Sting in a rematch for the championship, but it was during this match that Rude suffered a back and neck injury that effectively ended Rude's in-ring career as a competitive wrestler. This seemed to be the end for the ravishing one. It wasn't until 1996 that Rude was seen again in the national spotlight. Paul E. Dangerously... Rude's former Dangerous Alliance manager was now the man in charge of Extreme Championship Wrestling. Rude began showing up during Shane Douglas matches under a mask 
taunting Douglas mercilessly. For the first few times, it was unclear to fans who was really under the mask, but that voice and body language were a dead giveaway, and eventually Rude came out from under the mask. He continued tormenting Douglas for a while, and then eventually ended up joining in as an advisor type to Douglas's triple threat stable. While Rude didn't actively wrestle, he was involved in several angles and did some commentating alongside Joey Styles. He was pretty good. Rude was in classic form with his cocky, swaggering attitude that added a nice opposition to Styles' straightforward calling. The play-by-play man, and you had the color man in Rude, a very underrated color commentator. The ravishing one could talk behind the mic, in the ring, backstage, behind the booth, you name it, Rude could do it. At 3.30 this afternoon, I signed a two-year contract, so I'm no longer on a daily contract. It's a two-year deal, and I'm really happy about it. Pennsylvania. But the fact of the matter is, Sandman and Dreamer, being the butt kickers they are, they'll kick out of all three of them. Rick, uh, as always, you have stolen this show. The uh, the ladies look they look wonderful. Bada beam. 
1997, Rude jumped from ECW suddenly and appeared on a WWF broadcast. He was on Monday Night Raw. He was known as Shawn Michaels' insurance policy. Rick Rude had his back to the camera, and you knew from that silhouette that it was the ravishing one. At the time, D-Generation X had just started up and were engaging in a big feud with the Hart Foundation. This was with Michaels and Hart being the two largest components of the feud. Rude played a sort of bodyguard-slash-enforcer role during this time, but not doing much more. Mr. Rude, why are you here? Uh, which one of these individuals is your benefactor, so to speak? First of all, let me tell you, I adhere to the rules of strict confidentiality. But I have one thing to say to you, Vincent. It's very obvious to me that with Stone Cold Steve Austin running amok in the World Wrestling Federation, you yourself are in dire need of a serious protection plan. Now, whether or not you'll loosen that death grip you have on your wallet and cough up the cash remains to be seen. But I'll tell you this, you can pay me now or you will pay later. Rude was only working on a pay-per-appearance basis deal rather than a contract. And after the debacle between McMahon, Hart, and Michaels, the Montreal Screwjob, which was heard around the world, Rude decided to exit, but in a surprising fashion. Little known to many, Rude had accepted an offer from World Championship Wrestling. Rude participated in a WWF TV taping, performing as usual. During this time, Raw was not live each and every Monday night. Therefore, this Raw taping would appear a week later. By then, Rude already had left the WWF, and on the same night that this Raw taping was aired... With Rude appearing on the broadcast, he appeared live on WCW Nitro and went on to join the NWO. It's time for the Generation X. Hit the music. Rick Rude appeared on both uh, Raw and Nitro on uh, November the 17th. And uh, the uh, it certainly surprised us to, to uh, a significant degree because uh, Vince and I had been having ongoing conversations with Rick uh, about a new contract and extending his current working agreement. Uh, we thought we had come to an understanding and were under the impression from talking with him that we had come to an understanding uh, and was in the process of executing the paperwork. Uh, his contract at that time was a short-term contract and had lapsed, so we thought we had the contract extended per our conversations with Rick, and then uh, on uh, a tape version of Raw, he was included, and uh, then he appeared at the same, uh, same night on a live edition of Nitro. So it was uh, a little surprising because we thought we had a deal with him. 24 little hours. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. 
What's wrong in the world of professional wrestling is Shawn Michaels claiming to be world champion when he never beat Bret Hart. What's wrong with the world of professional wrestling is for Vince McMahon to instruct a referee to ring the bell in order to rob Bret Hart of his title. But on the other hand, what's right in the world of professional wrestling is for Bret Hart to abandon the Titanic and swim to the refuge of the NWO. While with WCW, Rue continued his position as advisor, this time to his friend, Kurt Henning. This went on for a short while until Rude once more left the national spotlight in 1998, this time for what ended up being his final. Rick Rude passed away on April 20th, 1999, in his Georgia home. The cause was ruled as heart failure. Fans were shocked by his sudden death. Rick Rude was a specimen of the human appearance and shape musculature, and cut like no one else. How could he have died of heart failure? Some attributed his heart failure to quite possibly steroid abuse, HGH hormones. Whatever the cause, Rude was taken away way too soon. While his active in-ring career may have been over, Rick Rude still had much to contribute to the world of professional wrestling. And it's a shame that his potential for this will never be explored. There were rumors during this time frame Rick Rube was training for a comeback to the World Wrestling Federation. WCW was declining at this point. The WWF was red hot with the Attitude Era. Rick Rube was going to make an in-ring comeback, or so we would have hoped. He was taken away way too soon. But you cannot deny, Ravishing Rick Rube made an impact in this industry. He had some stellar matches, some monumental feuds, famous feuds. Made us laugh, made us boo, made us throw trash at him. Rick Rude made us love him and hate him at the same time. He was the ravishing one, whether it was inside the squared circle, behind the mic, in the broadcast booth, the ravishing one could do it all. He truly showed what a professional wrestler is supposed to be like. I'm here with ravishing Rick Rude and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Ravishing Rick, we know the ultimate warrior's king of the jungle. But what happens when you put an animal in a cage? Jesse, everybody knows a caged animal is a scared animal because a caged animal is out of its element. You know, Ultimate Warrior, you may rule the Wild Kingdom as you know it, but inside of a 15-foot-high steel cage, ravishing Rick rules, and you're going to know it. That's right, Bobby, and it's not going to be a heavy action scene from Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. It's going to be SummerSlam 1990, ravishing Rick Root and the Ultimate Warrior inside the steel cage. And yes, Ultimate Warrior, I will climb to the top of the 15-foot cage, but not to escape. I will come down 15 feet onto the Ultimate Warrior's head. You will be singed by the heat of my burning desire, I will become the new World Wrestling Federation Champion. Yeah. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. It's time to thank the sponsors of Beyond the Bell. 
They help bring this pro wrestling nostalgia podcast to you each and every week. Barbershop Window, the place that makes wrestling t-shirts cool again to wear. They release brand new shirts each and every week and carry the exclusive merchandise for Cliff Compton and the big LG, Luke Gallows. Follow them on Twitter at bshopwindow and go to barbershopwindow.com now to make your wrestling wardrobe cool again. The SNS Radio Network, your home for pro wrestling, mixed martial arts, and video gaming. Get all the latest news and listen to innovative audio released daily. The network is anchored by the two flagship shows, Wrestling News Live and Sunday Night Showdown. Other exclusive shows on the SNS Radio Network are Beyond the Bell, the whole indie show, the Pro Wrestling Rewind, Running the Ropes, the Elite Force Podcast, The Open Book, TNA Chat Live, and MMA Now. So go to SNSRadioNetwork.com now. If you're not listening, you're not trying. RingAnnouncing.com, the home of the future of ring announcing, Sean Beckerman. You can watch the latest videos and demo reels of Sean Beckerman on the independent wrestling scene. Go to ringannouncing.com and follow the future of ringannouncing. Combat Zone Wrestling on DVD. Catch the ultra-violent wrestling promotion on TV or on your computer. You can purchase all CZW ultra-violent events on DVD and stream them live straight on your desktop computer at czwrestling.com. Get ready to get ultra-violent with CZW. The National Wrestling Alliance. Tried, tested, honored, and revered. These three initials have represented wrestling since 1948. From Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes to Adam Pearce and Colt Cabana, the NWA has been the breeding ground for the greatest stars in wrestling. You can catch the NWA nationwide through multiple affiliates from coast to coast. Check out the Talk NWA podcast. NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. History, tradition, and respect. Go to nwawrestling.org. Preserving tradition and blazing new paths. Squared Circle Media, Jerome Willen brings to you a forum for the fans. SquaredCircleMedia.net gives wrestling fans a voice. You can post your opinions and thoughts on what's happening today in the world of wrestling. Join the conversation at Pro Wrestling Ringside on Blogspot. SquaredCircleMedia.net The Jetpack, the New York Jets podcast. The Jetpack is back. Your flight crew, Sean Beckerman and Frank Zintel, bring you the latest news and opinions on the New York Jets football franchise. They recap each game and preview their next opponent with their predictions. All shows are archived at jetpack.libsyn.com. Also, download it straight on iTunes and stream them on Stitcher Radio. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor for Beyond the Bell, send all requests to btbwrestling at gmail.com. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution now. It's go time. Old school fans, that wraps up another edition of the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast known as Beyond the Bell. We'll forever remember Ravishing Rick Rude as one of the greatest superstars of all time. A definite legend in this industry. I think he should be a Hall of Famer. 
connect socially to Beyond the Bell on our Facebook fan page. Follow me on Twitter at Sean Beckerman. Watch and listen to retro wrestling clips and ring announcing footage of me on the independent circuit on YouTube under the username Ring Announcing. Access the Beyond the Bell archives on snsradionetwork.com and my official website, ringannouncing.com. Have all the latest episodes of Beyond the Bell automatically downloaded on your smartphone via iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We'll go for the three count and wrap it up with some old school music. At the top of the show, we played, of course, Ravishing Rick Rude's WCW theme. You heard trickled in throughout his story his WWF theme, and we'll wrap it up with his ECW theme, which, of course, fits the Ravishing One so well. I'll see you next week, fans, as we rewind and relive all things nostalgia and retro in the world of wrestling. Ring announcer Sean Beckerman signing off. Until next week, wrestling fans, I'll see you at the matches. Simply Ravishing. These guys are two of the biggest names in the World Wrestling Federation. Next month, they'll be trying to take the belt away from the Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam. Uh, let's hear it for Ravishing Rick Root and Bobby the Brain Heenan.
<laughs> they stopped applauding. I got a bone to pick with you, well, Arsenio. Well, sit down and let's, let's... I like to stand up when I pick my bone. Okay. <laughs> you know, can I just say one thing? It's interesting how early they stopped applauding, because when uh, the Ultimate Warrior was here, they applauded for, like, a long time, and they barked and... <laughs> I don't know what he thought of the show, you know, whatever. He well, likes they, to start this trouble. Needless, well, no, to no, say, no, I... needless to say, the people uh, appreciate the ultimate warrior. But you know, Arsenio, I heard him cheering when Madonna backed you up against the wall, too, brother. Uh, well, I figured... And let me tell you something right out front. When a woman challenges you to mm -hmm. give her a spanking, you lay her ass over this couch and you lay into her, Arsenio. Do I need to tell you that? Now we'll sit. I guess I wasn't thinking that night. Uh, that's a good point. Is it, no, no, you have a woman, right? Or is this a thing? Uh, no, no, I mean, you have a woman. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. That's, that's kind Are you of... trying to make reservations? <laughs> anyway. Uh, do you spank your woman? If need be. <laughs> do you? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, but that... Good kind of spanking. Uh, let me ask you about the rude awakening. What happened to it? What happened to it? Yeah. I decided to give it up until I take the title from the Ultimate Warrior. You all know what the rude awakening is. Describe it to them. Because, oh, some. The rude awakening is when uh, we go out in the audience and and we pick out a woman, we bring her up in the ring, and we lay into her with a nice long uh, wet kiss. Oh well, we should. Like, uh, uh, let the people understand one thing is there's a, like 50 or 60 or 75 women begging to be selected. Yeah. So we have to just pick just the right one. Well, you know. I, I've, I, yeah, I've, I've seen the man work many times. But let's, let's talk about you and your work. Have you ever managed a champion from the beginning to the belt? If I'm not mistaken, you've never really had that kind of success as a manager. Well, let's put it this way. I'm going to tomorrow night. Mm. Because on Saturday night's main event on NBC, you're going to see the new World Wrestling Federation champion here, Ravishing Rick Rude. Now, what will you do? And well, how I, will you manage it? Well, I, it's simple. I'll just sit in the corner and I'll watch him slowly take the Ultimate Warrior apart. Will you encourage him to do oh. things that are illegal? Will you cheat? What's legal and what's isn't, what isn't illegal? What's cheating? I've seen you do things to distract opponents. I've seen you do many things that are no, illegal. No, no, Arsenio, my good man. No, you're misunderstood. <laughs> what I've done is I've been provoked on a lot of occasions. You've never seen uh, Earl Weaver or Tommy Lasorda come out of that dugout and kick dirt and get mad? They're provoked. I get provoked. When is this Summer Slam thing? Summer Slam is the 27th of August from the Philadelphia Spectrum. And that's the first public title defense of Ravishing Rick Rude defending the World Wrestling Federation title against the Ultimate Warrior in a steel cage. Yeah. Because we're going to take it from him tomorrow night. And I'm even going to talk to Jack Tunney, the president of the World Wrestling Federation, see if we can get Rosanna Barr to sing the national anthem for us at the Philadelphia Spectrum. I think she did a great job. Tell us how you're going to win this thing. Arsenio, these are my symbolic sweats. I'm going to win this because I'm going to be on the ultimate warrior like a leopard on a lamb. You understand? Mm. Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, technically, what does that mean? 
That means I'm just going to do what I always do, go out there, go full 150%. I'm going to beat the ultimate warrior at his own game. I'm going to out-muscle him. I'm going to outspeed him. I'm going to pin him one, two, three. Nothing personal, but you want the belt. Or is it something personal? Do you I like will, the man? I will have the belt. Okay, we'll think positive. And, and... Now, that's tomorrow night. But when we get into that cage at SummerSlam, you're going to see him as the World Wrestling Federation champion. And the poor ultimate warrior is just going to be there with all his paint running, looking stupid. You know what's interesting? You, some, you, you come here and, and you, you know I don't like you a lot. You know oh, we, Johnny, no. you do. <laughs> oh, see? See, there you go again. Hi, Doc. <laughs> there you go again. There you go again. I, I got hate mail, because there are some people who do like you. I got hate mail after you were here last time because I called you the weasel and the audience was screaming weasel. But that is your middle name, isn't no, it? No, it isn't my middle name. What, what's your middle name? Brain. Brain, yeah, brain, I forget, I call you, where did I get Weasel from? Well, it may be some of the people you've been dating, I don't know. Oh, that's your personal life, I don't want to get into that. That's cold, man. I'd like to present you with a little something. Now, you all know the rude awakening, he gets into the ring and he has those beautiful tights on and he shakes those hips and makes the people go wild. Arsenio, we'd like to present you with a pair of trunks and we'd like you to put these on, go back and change, put them on, and then we're going to show you how to swivel your hips. Let's see what you're made of. You want to see him? Uh, you know, see, now, now, I will admit, I don't have the kind of body this man has. I, I, I know a guy who does and will probably beat the, you know, what out of him when you are fighting that cage match, but I couldn't wear nothing like this. Well, what was that noise you made? What was that about? What was that noise? I thought you were telling a joke. You can't tell sometimes. <laughs> Oh, that's cold. Oh, I'm sorry. That's cold. I'm sorry, Geraldo. I won't say anything oh, like that. Again. <laughs> or is it Oprah? I don't. I'm not oh, sure anymore. See, now, I, I haven't been ragging you about wearing Little Richard's jackets. You should. Be... I own this. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Last night, Arsenio, I saw you do uh, an impression of a white man. Not yeah. bad. Tonight, I want to do an impression of a black man. I want to do Arsenio Hall. No, 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 no. Let me do it, Bob. No, they don't want to see you do that. You want to see me do Arsenio Hall? No. Let me do it. Well, you're the champ. Okay. You're the champ. Pay attention, Arsenio. Little music. Arsenio Hall at the beach. Announcer Sean Beckerman here. Want to go back in time and relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment? From all-time favorite matches to the worst gimmicks in pro wrestling, we cover it all. So join us each and every week on the SNS Radio Network as we go beyond the bell. 